Blog Talk Radio. I stroll through the pictures What I've left behind You once again I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine The memories in In my mind I know tomorrow Cause that dawn will come You will never know Just what you've done Hello, this is uh, Victoria Kelly. Welcome to the NASCAR Blog Talk Radio Show. And uh, we are on scan 3068. And our special guest tonight uh, will not be here, so we're having a um, question and answer call-in discussion um, with survivor professionals using open mic forum, and anyone can call in. And we're going to feature topics brought forth uh, to the show um, through um, this episode by listeners um, and whoever call in. And the guest call-in number is 646-595-2118. Okay, good evening, everyone. I was speaking for a very long time. I'm not sure if I was muted as well. But um, if I was, did we get that mission statement out yet? Because if not, I, I would just reread it. No, we haven't done anything. Matter of fact, everybody's okay. been sitting mute, and I, I didn't muted. even know it. I was waiting. <laughs> oh, it's okay. No worries. I, I was muted. All right. So uh, thank you, all, everyone, for joining us this evening on Access Tough Child Abuse. Now, we apologize for any technical difficulties that we had a little bit at the beginning of the show. Thank you for your patience. I'm your host, Dr. Nancy B. Brown, and I'm with my wonderful, beautiful co-host, Ms. Victoria Kelly. Uh, and we're honored to be with you all tonight. So we will start with the mission statement. And also, uh, first I'd like to say, if you would like to be a part of this show, please feel free to call in 646-595-2118. Again, the call-in number to join the panel is 646-595-2118. And we're on scan number 3068. Okay. The mission statement now reads, we have a single purpose for NASCA to address issues related to childhood abuse, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect. And we do so with only two goals. One, educating the public, especially as get over the taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse presenting facts showing child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone, and two, 
offering hope and healing through numerous paths, providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information to anyone, I'm sorry, information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. Again, we're on scan number 3068, and the number to call in is 646-595-2118. We did have a special guest this evening. Um, Unfortunately, he won't be joining us tonight, but we do hope to get him back on soon. Uh, But we will have an open panel tonight, and we have a few people already on the call. So I'm yeah, sure I'm here, but I, I don't really have a direct conversation. I am down in the line, but for now, I'd like to just have commentary. If that's cool with you guys, if I only go last, yeah. that way everybody else can go first. So yeah. that's cool with you guys. I just like to be commentary and just be observant until the end. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. No. Whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready to come yeah, in, yeah, but I just would like uh, to be observant for the call. I would just like to be just yeah. listening in. You know, have some commentary that's cool with you guys, and uh, just let everybody go first, and I'll go last, because my shit ain't uh, urgent, but uh, there's some things I'd like to process as well. Yeah. No, it, it was great. No, it's whenever you're ready, so that's not a problem. No, Thank well, you I for like joining everyone else go first. I get anxiety, and then I feel pressured. So, like, okay. everyone else go first, I'll listen in, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. Ladies, ladies, okay. ladies, take your step first. I'd love to hear you guys' voice instead of mine. My voice is kind of annoying. I, yeah. I want to hear someone else talk about their no. flaws instead of me first. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. Thank you for joining us. Land security is a lot you... right now. You guys know this with the holidays coming up. Huh? What again? I'm sure anybody. I said my insecurities. Well, along the radio, I said my insecurities are a lot right now, especially with the holidays coming up. Whether it be a single mom yeah. or anybody going through trauma. You know, anybody looking forward to that holiday. You know, they look forward to their whole year to uh, cherishing and celebrating yeah. someone's life and being thankful for them, you know. And realizing it's not there or it's not how you want it to be, you know, it really right. messes with you. Right. That's a good topic. This is, this is Victoria. That's a really, really good topic. I think a lot I'm of people are I'm glad I can get started. As I say, there's no panel. I'll get this yep. stuff started. Like, <laughs> yep. that's right. Okay. So uh, thank you so much for putting your input. And, and I do agree. I think that's a wonderful topic um, to start off talking about. <laughs> The fact that we're dealing with the holidays and, you know, some people are dealing with depression, some people are dealing with anxiety, and, and it's um, all triggered. You know, it can be a all triggered from whether, whether yeah. it be our past environment or our social mm-hmm. environment or the holidays or the day itself or people, places, and surroundings. Whether it's the mm-hmm. day or the day, when the date lands and you look on your phone, you know, it's Christmas, everyone else is out celebrating. You know, whether you're working every day like it's another day in your life, mm-hmm. or you're there with your family. You're still realizing what you've lost out on or what you've done or what has happened to you to realize, man, why am I not as happy as other people? And in reality, and they're all buying materialistic goods, you know, Uh, in reality, one lesson I've learned the the hard way, but I became to be true is materialistic items is not nothing compared to how you treat someone. Right. And like you said, it can be very triggering to people. No, it's okay. Everybody has an opinion, and your opinion is right for you. It's nothing wrong with it. But I do agree that um, a lot of times during the holidays, it can be triggering to some people, you know. Um, it's pressuring. Like, I feel like I'm walking on pins and needles. Like, I find a hate, the pin in the haystack, I got to yeah. be fake. But if, but a smile mm-hmm. on my face, you know, around the people that abuse me, mm. hear me out. You know, we've all, you know, here and there. And I got to put a smile yeah. on my face and pretend like everything's okay because if I express my emotions, mm-hmm. I'm the bad person. 
Or if I show some emotions on the trigger. Okay, what's your name? I'm Brett. You're Brett? Yeah. Brett, okay. I'm from Missouri. I've been going through abuse for 26 years. For 26 years? Yes, and now my two-year-old daughter is going through it. I'm trying to strategically uh, plan the way that I'm going to strategically approach the situation for the fact that when I try to move back in with my family, it's triggers alone because it's the family I was abused by. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so she's, in, she's in daycare 12 hours a day, five days a week, which obviously they ain't good for no kid. I don't care what you say or do, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I'm just trying to be so there for my want, daughter. So, right. But so, financially, so I don't meet the expectations, in. if that makes sense, because I've been through all this trauma, mm-hmm. right? Right. So because I've been through this right. trauma, so, like, I'm right on the brink of, you know, qualifying for disability, but I don't. So, like, I'm trying to work through my shit. I, I'm 26. I'm trying to get my head on my shoulders and work through it all. But it's a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. One's one thing after another. Like, I, I'm trying to get a stable address, so I use my address with my parents, and they throw my they throw my mail away. Like, little petty mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, and it adds mm-hmm. up. So that you that inner uh, abuse, the inner child you abuse, can parents? actually stimulate towards your future. Mm-hmm. It and affects your whole life, whether people believe it or not. Right. So what's going on with your daughter? Is she okay right now? Uh, she's in daycare 12 hours a day, uh, five days a week. I mean, she's content. I can't prove nothing at this time, but I'm strategically trying to figure my own ducks out so I can have her uh, with me. Because I still have custody and everything, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I just would like to, you know, some other, like, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, species of animals. How they Like, the birds, you know, they take over their, you know, animal. They take care of them. Well, it's mm-hmm. a motherly instinct that, like, whether she's with me or not, I mean, I don't care what someone's going to tell me. Just, for example, like, whether Biden or Trump come to me, hey, I want you to hear this, this, and that. I want you to believe it. Well, just because like, someone tells me something, because of all the trauma I've been through as a child, hear me out. Because of everything I've been through as a child, just because someone's told to me doesn't mean I have to believe it at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was always mm-hmm. – because uh, my parents divorced at the age of two. This has nothing to do with the abuse, but this has to do with the other side of the situation. Because uh, the person that wasn't a part of my life always promised me and told me hopes and gave me dreams. And, oh, I'll come see you. I'll be a part of your life. Da da da. da. Fed me, fed me what I wanted to hear mainly at the moment, whether it be a dad or a boyfriend or a family member. But at the time, it was a dad, you know, uh, who wasn't a part of my life. So whoever may feed you what you want to hear, in reality, there's a reason why they're feeding it. For example, if you're going to feed a pig or you're going to feed a cow, there's a reason why they're feeding it because you want to keep it alive. And, you know what I mean? Hear me out. So okay. it seems like everybody has their motives in life, and uh, there's uh, the compassion mm-hmm. has been lost, and it's really sad. It makes you want to give up at times, but I call you guys every day, and that's what gives me motivation to keep trying because I know my, my, my daughter deserves a mother. She already don't have a father, and the least I can do is try to keep myself motivated to keep trying to try to be there for her even though everything's against me. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing. I think um, we're going to come back around to you, Brad. I want you to just process a lot, some of what you said. You said a lot, and you opened up. I'm going through a lot. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine, <laughs> and we appreciate you being open and vulnerable and sharing, and, um, and you did a good job. You know, you, you were being strong, and you got it out. Um, I want to I want to um, open up the mic for someone who would like to probably share some words of encouragement with Ms. Brett. Um, 
you know, when you're, again, you know, we have to take these, these um, feelings, really, we have to take them honestly for real, okay? And we have to remember that different people are going through different things in their lives. And, again, how we started the topic at the beginning, when you're dealing with the holidays, it can be very triggering. It can set people back. And it can put people in a in a place of um, isolation, of just sadness, and all of this. So if we can just, you know, uh, focus on the power of um, of positivity, the power of gratitude, and uh, share some words of encouragement that could be helpful to Ms. Britt to help her in through her journey and her walk right now. I'm going to open up the mic, Ms. Britt. I want you to just take a few minutes to just. Just soak in uh, some positive words, some encouragement for you, okay? Okay. Uh, who would like to share? Yeah, I will. Some this is Victoria. Yeah, Same. this is Victoria. Hi, Brett. It's I'm. It's really great that you called in. Um, we've talked before, mm-hmm. and I would like to say just personally, um, you are you have come a long way um, from from when we first talked. Um, Really, you need to give yourself credit. Some, you know, some credit here. You are dealing with a I'm lot trying. of things. I'm trying. I know I sound like I'm an emotional mess. I know I sound like I'm an emotional no, mess, but in reality, you know, I'm crying. You've heard the progress. No, you're not an emotional mess. You are going through a lot of crisis and a lot of situations right now. <laughs> and even people that do not have the situation you're going through, holidays are stressful. Bottom line. They had a thing on the radio, and they were talking about the stress of shopping and expectations on gifts mm-hmm. and family, this and that. You know, I was people look at you because the materialistic mm-hmm. items, like, hear me out. You can't even get your grandma or any family member a homemade gift now because they look down on you. But if you go out yeah. and spend hundreds of dollars and get, you know what I mean? Right. Everybody's so everybody social media expectation of what's good enough mm-hmm. as a follower and a fake and a trendsetter. Right. Then that's what's good enough in other people's eyes and society has eyes. Back in history class, I was taught supply and demand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So therefore, uh, right. business well, would advertise. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ms. Brett, I'm sorry. I want to make sure sorry, that you give Ms. Victoria the moment to share. And then we'll come right back. Yeah, tired. no, no worries. You don't, you don't have to say sorry, but let's just make sure that she uh, gets a chance to share some words of kindness with you. Hold on a minute, please. Go ahead, Miss Victoria. Yeah. So um, they were they were talking about you know the stress of the holidays, and we're talking just pe- mm-hmm. you know people that don't have our stress and stuff. So um, yeah. um, they said the number again. So I called up the number and got online, and I said, um, you know, I'd like to say that. For adult survivors of child abuse, um, we have a very, very mm. difficult time during the holidays. I said, with the holidays coming up, I said, because most of us, you know, didn't have very happy times on the holidays. And we're trying to sometimes mm-hmm. make up for it. And sometimes, you know, we're having flashbacks and body memories and this and that. And I talked about it. And I even brought up NASCA. And I gave you information on that, mm-hmm. that I was a Minnesota ambassador. Mm. And let people know to go to the website and that we have the support groups, which make sure people yes. know that three days yes. a week, you know, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, we have a 90-minute support group. And so I brought all that up on the radio, and, and they were so grateful that I, you know, called in because, you know, Good. there's a lot of us that listen about other the other stress that people have, like, oh, my God, getting the right gift, and, you know, I got this big shopping list, or I got to make all these food, and we're like, ah. You got nothing. <laughs> I right. wish those are my right. only, you know. 
And, uh, um, mm-hmm. but, but just the fact that, you know, I was back there too. And I, you know, I was a single mom of two kids and I was barely making it. You know, the only thing that I could mm-hmm. give my kids once a month was we went to McDonald's for an unhappy meal. <laughs> and that's why I call it an unhappy meal. It's because they'd scream and yell because I told them they had to eat their food before they got the prize. They'd scream and yell and I'd tell them to give them the prize, you know. And so I always tell mm. people, take my kids to McDonald's to have an unhappy meal. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that was what we did right after I paid yeah, my bills. That was a nice the memory. And, you know, everything and else you was were good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you were good in memory, too. You know? So we just found things to do for free. And, you know, I didn't have a TV till yeah. my daughter was three years old and i mean i would tell people this and they'd be like you're you don't have a tv for your child like i was just like a neglectful mother or something you know? i said no we do things together no. you know we play we yeah. you don't follow her we do things you know and and they just looked at me but you know what i don't really care it doesn't matter you know and if people don't like the gifts i give them i don't you know it doesn't matter to yeah. me anymore and it's uh, yeah, it's about you know trying to be better every every year, trying to uh, create some memories. I like the fact that you said um, you know maybe the name unhappy meal was a little bit kind of uh, different, <laughs> well, that's but um, you were building memories. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And guess what? You didn't have the money to buy the expensive one, but you still went there and bought. Even if you bought mm-hmm. stuff off the dollar menu once a month or once a week, if you made that a point to to create that memory, it was beautiful. So we have to try our best not to be hard on ourselves during the holidays. Uh, let's yeah. not try to keep up with the Joneses or uh, whatever they call it. Don't try to keep Good up with you. other people. You'd be going out and say you go you past the store, all of a sudden you see a Christmas tree and you have a flashback, you know. These are things we have to deal with. And, and we need yeah. support through this. And that's why NASCA is here. I um, just want to really yeah. throw that in there because we don't know what's going to yeah. trigger us from our past. That might have been just some horrible <laughs> right. thing that happened by the Christmas tree that nobody else around as you knows. Motherly, you know? As a motherly right. can, you tell, can you tell us, I'm sorry, Victoria, can you tell us what days are the support groups? This is for anybody sure. listening who needs a little extra support. Yep. What days are these support groups on? There, I know we, uh, we have the Zoom. Tuesdays, uh-huh. Thursdays, and Sundays, and it's central okay. time is what I'm going to tell you because that's what I'm on. It's 1 to 2.30 central, and you guys can do the math on the rest of your hours because that's, mm-hmm. I can't, you know, I don't know all the other times. But um, I just want to also right. say that, you know, instead of dragging that old crap, we get to create our holidays today. We get to choose. We are not right. little kids anymore. We get to choose what we want to do and what we can do. And be realist. Can't go out and buy my kids huge presents, you know. But I can buy, I can think real good about what can I buy my daughter at the Dollar Tree. Because I'm still on a limited budget, you know. But I can go and find a real cute mug because she likes coffee. That says a cute saying on Mm -hmm. it, you know. So, you know, we can do something. We've got to keep reminding ourselves that we do have a power to make choices today. Where Back when we were children, we didn't have choices. We didn't have power. But we do today. Mm-hmm. And I keep having to remind myself that, you know. So that I just was good, Brett. You heard you. that? You have power today. That was good, Ms. Victoria. You heard that, Ms. Brett? You have, we have power today. Um, you know, what you went through, what you've been through, what people have done, 
you take back the power by remembering that you have power to make the changes that you can today. And don't be so hard on yourself. Um, if you can't afford things for Christmas, you go five below or you can just say, make a nice card. I like the handmade stuff that are sentimental, um, you know, going for ice cream, little things like that. Build, just focus on building memories. Don't don't beat yourself up. Um, and if you got little kids that's going family. out and making a uh-huh. snowman or going out and, you know, running in the yeah. snow or catching snowflakes, I mean, you're talking, those are things kids remember, you know. Yeah. My kids, I'd buy them presents sometimes, and they'd have more fun with the box. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. That's got true. Just got in the box. <laughs> Especially two and three year olds. They, they, you know, they'll make a car out of a box. They'll make a house, oh, yeah. a store. They make a all kinds of stuff out of yeah. a box. Their oh, yeah. imagination yeah. is just grand. You can go online and, mm-hmm. and uh, find what you can be, uh, what you can create with a box and get creative. Right. Um, I want to, I want to make sure. I know we have. Um, we have more people on the line. So I want to make sure, I want to ask, I see, it looks like Ms. Brett uh, called, Rock. she may call back. But uh, we have Ms. Monique. I don't know if you have some words of encouragement for those people who are going through the holidays. You know, um, one of the things that I've noticed, I'm going to just say this, every time I look at social media right now, I find myself writing, rest in peace, Sorry for your loss. Deepest, my sincere condolences. I kind of feel like I'm almost copy and pasting it. That's how often I'm, I'm. That's how often I'm saying it, and I've never seen it at this level so much. Where I'm constantly like seeing this person, I lost this person. Like people that I really do know on social media or followed for years are experiencing a loss at a high level, and. Um, and so that's just one of the things that I'm noticing. People are going through uh, a lot during this during the holiday season. What would you say to uh, about what? Do you have a comment about that? I don't want to. I don't want to give you a specific question. What's in your spirit and your heart, Miss Monique? Um, well, I just wanted to thank you all for um, allowing a space for us to come together and to to speak and to share and. Um, I want to thank you, Britt, for sharing your words and everyone on um, listening and those who are participating because um, yeah. you have no idea how much it helps people who are really going through um, tumultuous times in their lives. And, mm-hmm. you know, a simple phone call can make wonders and change and change people's mindset and, and, and save lives. And I just really hope that you guys take that in take that in, like when you were just sharing, you know, right. your story, Britt, um, you allow people to, who are feeling what you're feeling to know that they're not alone. And even though when we're when at the darkest hour and when we feel that way, to hear you express your pain allowed me to know that I am not alone and that together we're, we're I don't even know you, but we're, we're in this sharing in the same thing. And that is, um, that is just such a comforting thing, especially when so much is going around, like you said, so much is going on, this holiday, you know, stuff. And, you know, I, I've been through a lot. I've been through a lot in my life and, you know, been through tumultuous times and, you know, came through so many different obstacles and, you know, lost both my parents and, you know, have been in all of the um, 
DCF system and, you know, endured sexual abuse, being raped, being molested, being, you know, all these things. And, you know, same thing as you said before, I think it's Victoria, you said you're a single mom of two kids. That's the same thing, you know, battling, you know, they were born with, you know, with their disabilities and, you know, it's, it's tough and it's hard. And, you know, we need each other to lean on and to be like, you know, like Miss Nancy, you said, gratitude to just say, okay, I know that my life is so hectic and so chaotic, but I try to remain grateful and have gratitude that I'm not dead and my children are healthy as far as, you know, without any illnesses and that I do have warmth and food. And those are the things that really keep me humble because it's so easy to feel so down. And so I try to find gratitude and light in any situation, in all situations. And that's what really gets me through um, is to say somebody out there is, you know, not doing well at all. Somebody right now in this moment is, you know, either being physically assaulted or, you know, being left in the street or whatever the case may be. And, you know, God has given me strength to kind of move out of that situation. So I just try to, to, to remain humble and to remain grateful and to say to myself that I am blessed because I'm getting better and things are coming full circle. And I'm finding strength within myself because it's within those darkest hours that we realize that we made it through, that I am alone here with my two children and, and, you know, but I made it through. I live to see another day. I'm here for them. You know, you mentioned Britt being there for your daughter. That's, that's my motivation. I mean, I had days that I didn't even, you know, care if I, wanted to live or die and it's the fact that because not because I really want to die but because I wanted the pain to stop and I think it was the first time in my life that I really realized and understood what people who actually say that they could commit suicide or they could actually are saying I think society is so quick to be judgmental and oh you're weak or you're no it's not that this person really wants to die it's that they want the pain to stop so I am just so thankful and grateful that I have been able to remain, find strength through my children's eyes to um, see another day and be here for, for them and try to make the best out of what I got and just know that there's these type of platforms and people that are out there. You know, your simple words um, and your story already brought me comfort, and we need more of this, and we need more of people like you guys that remain strong because even though you feel like you're weak right now, you're really strong. You're really strong because you're here to live another day to get through whatever it is that you got to get through and you're going to get through and you're going to heal and you're going to be do fabulous things with you and your daughter and you're going to be, you're just going to do fantastic things and you're going to get through these hard times. And, um, you know, that's why I just want to share that and just to just to kind of leave you with that little bit of, sliver of hope that even though you're feeling down with yourself, you brought me um, hope and you brought me some comfort and you probably don't even realize that. You probably didn't even recognize that or even think of that, but that's the truth and I, I appreciate you all. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I, I know Ms. Brett 
the call dropped. Um, so even hopefully she comes back on, and if not, I hope that she gets to listen to to this recording. Uh, it's scan number 3068, and I pray that she really does get a chance to realize that she's worthy and that her life has purpose and that she's still making a difference in others' lives. That's right. what Ms. Bonita shared. I mean, she, her so testimony, this house and her testimony. Yeah, I have a connection mm. with her, and I'll make sure she gets she gets that message for sure. Yeah. I will definitely make sure she gets that message because, because um, it's you know, know that's that one that we don't yeah. realize that when we're in that, that, you know, down in a pit, sometimes is how I used to call yeah. it. And, you know, somebody would yeah. come up to me and say, you know, you voiced something that I felt that I couldn't even get the words to say, and you just said it for me. And that helped me so mm-hmm. much, you know. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I thought, you know, like I was dragging everybody down with me, you know, but you just, you never know one thing or you say or do could, you know, mean so much in somebody's life. And I was talking to the last right. show about, you know, hope. Um, yeah, um, I wanted to say um, this month um, in, in 2000, um, I was um, lost over 150 pounds and found out um, I had... Um, uh, was diagnosed with untreatable, inoperable breast cancer. The tumors were attached to my chest wall. Oh, and there were, they couldn't do surgery. And they said, chemo and radiation probably won't help. It, you know, it's like whatever. And I went to this group called Choices. And some people were, you know, doing surgery. Some people were doing, like, experimental things. And some people were doing um, just not, you know, they were just preparing to die. And it was for people that were, had a terminal illness, a terminal situation, you know, and I was going there and everything. And then um, um, when I found out, my husband at the time asked me, you know, well, are you going to, you know, try to do the chemo and radiation? And I says, well, let me put it this way. As far back as I can remember, I wanted to die. I said, at least now I won't die of alcoholism, drug addiction, or mental illness. I'll die of the acceptable disease, cancer that people are willing to understand, you know. And if I don't do something for that, then, you know, nobody's going to be like, you know, <laughs> down on me if I die. And so, you know, I said, I'm just exhausted. I'm just too tired. And my kids were in foster care, and that next weekend my kids came. And the social worker told me not to tell my kids that I had cancer. I said, I'm telling my kids. I'm saying goodbye, you know, because I don't know how long it would be. And uh, my kids came over, and I told them, but I tell you what, the horror in their eyes when I told them, it was like, it just hit me. I can't give up. I can't have my kids say my mom just gave up. I've got to at least try. And and my kids right. could say, my mom went down fighting, you know, because that's the message I wanted the kids to have, you know. And my daughter was supposed to go to four years of free college um, because she was in permanent foster care, and that was part of it, you know, to go. And she took me to chemo and radiation, Um and um, I probably would have never made the appointments because my mental health was so bad I couldn't even barely keep track of days. She kept track of all the information. The appointments got me there, everything, you know. She talked for me at the doctor's. Anyway, after all the chemo and radiation, um, we went back to the doctor and did the mammogram, and the doctor said, it's a miracle, which right there is a miracle in itself, a doctor saying it's a miracle, right? So he says, it's a miracle. He said, the tumors reduced to half the size they came off your chest wall, we could do surgery. And they did surgery. So now I'm a 22-year breast cancer survivor. 
to God yes. be the wow. glory. Wow. Yeah. I was going to give up. Wow. Yeah. I was going to give up. Because I was wow. tired of it. I gave you strength. Just tired. But my kids, and that's the other thing, too, you know, we've had three people in our AA club that have died of suicide, and they don't even say committed suicide anymore. It's died of suicide, like dying of cancer or dying of another illness, you know. And and so anyway, um, a couple people were talking about it, and it got to me. And I I said, you know, I had already talked to it, but then it came, they were ready to close the meeting. I said, well, I got a double dip. I just feel this feeling that I have to say this, you know. And everybody looked at me, and I said, you know, I said, I can't tell you guys how many times I've thought of, of killing myself. I said, I don't have enough fingers and toes. And there's about 20 people in the room. And I said, and you guys don't have enough fingers and toes altogether for the amount of times I thought that I wanted to, you know, kill myself. And um, and they all looked at me, you know. And, and I said, I want to tell you right now, if any of you are feeling that, please get help. I said, you know, if somebody gets to a point that they think their only option in life is to die. That's their only option. They need to be getting help. They need to be reaching out for help because there are people that can help you out there, you know. And and I just, you know, I just told the way it was that I've been, you know, in a psych word and, you know, it helped me. And I'm still here today, I said, because when I was 21, I started getting psychiatric help. You know, and mm-hmm. and to not be ashamed, and there's a lot of people in this club that have mental health issues, and if you find the right people, you can talk to them, and they won't shame you, you know, and, and but I just felt like I really had to say something, you know, I said, and, you know, maybe there's just one person here that needed to hear something I just said, but I had to say it, you know, and and then I felt what like I had something to say, you know, yeah. yeah. But I had a couple of people yeah, that came powerful. up to me after the meeting closed and, and said to me, you don't know how much what you said mean, meant to me. So I don't know. And I said, whether it be you or somebody that you know, because some of those people were mourning the people that just died, you know. And so, yeah, I don't know what it was, you know, to whatever nobody really shared a part of it. But you just never know when you share. Like you said, we're all, you know, we're all in this together. <laughs> you know. And we're all trying to get away from whatever pain. Even people that haven't been through child abuse have pain and turmoil and frustration. Exactly. And, you know, so I would say let's look at our commonalities rather than our differences. But often with the gratitude thing, you know, um, I work with, um, I've got 36 years sober and I work with, you know, sponsors and stuff. And I tell them, well, I want you to write a gratitude list. I ain't got nothing to be grateful for. You know, this is going wrong, that's going wrong. And I said, I'll tell you what. Write three things down a day, and I'll give you the first day. I'm like, what? I got nothing to grip. I said, write down food, shelter, and clothing. <laughs> I said, because there's people that don't even have that, you know? Right. And I said, but tomorrow right. you got to think three things yourself. And I said, you got to intensely go out and look for them. <laughs> I was in an Al-Anon meeting one time. This lady comes in, and she goes, yeah, my sponsor told me when I came in the program, Every day I'm supposed to write down three things I'm grateful for, and I'm never supposed to, you know, write the same thing twice. She goes, I've been going to al for 45 years, and I've been writing three things down a day I'm grateful for, and I've never repeated <laughs> repeated one twice. And you're not supposed to cross-talk in those meetings, and I, but I had to. I just, oh, my God, that's a lot of gratitude. <laughs> but we do. We have to intentionally sometimes look. 
And then I also tell people to write down, you've just told me all the things you're powerless over, write down some of the things you do have power over. You know, like what choices can good. you make? It's true. You, have some power. you know, yeah. And, that, right. and that's good. It's good. It's, it's important sometimes, like you said, sometimes, well, first of all, I just want to go back to say, I mean, not even overwrite that, like that testimony that you shared was, was amazing. You are, I mean, a walking miracle. We've, we, are, everybody on this call right now actually is anointed walking miracle. I mean, seriously, because I know a lot of everybody's, everybody on the call's story. Uh, so I just want to say that, you know, Victoria, thank you for sharing that testimony. I, I really yeah. pray that someone is listening uh, and that person is inspired and filled with hope. And in and, and their darkest hours, when they feel like all hope is lost, that they see that light that you just shined at the end of their tunnel. And that's what I hope for tonight. Thank you for sharing your testimony. That was amazing. Whoa. Thank you. Um, you said something that was really important. You know, sometimes when people are going through these dark times, they can't think straight. They cannot think straight. They're just feeling overwhelmed. They start to self-medicate. You know, the pain is unbearable. Uh, like Ms. Monique said, you don't want to live, and it's not that you want to die, but you really want the pain to stop. I've been there. I can relate to yes. those words like like if I said them myself to now, which I did. <laughs> you know, but they were just perfectly said because it's not a lot of people, it's not that they really want to just die. They want the pain to stop. They're tired of the back-to-back-to-back punches that keep coming. You feel like, when is it ever going to stop? And you just feel that right. if you just rest and go away, then you won't feel the pain. So then you'll get rest finally. Um, something that Ms. Victoria said was it's important to write down some of the goals some of the things that you have to look forward to, right? Or write down, what did you say? Make a list the of the things good things, the positive, uh-huh. mm-hmm. the things you're grateful for. Talk about gratitude. The things you're grateful for, write those things down. Because a lot of times when your mind is cluttered and, and, and foggy, you can't think straight. You're right. so focused on the pain and the negative things. And let me tell you something, whatever you give attention to, grows and intensifies even more. So even when you're in the middle of everything's going wrong, everything's going negative, don't say everything's going wrong, everything's going negative. Try to find that one thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, today I took a shower. Today I combed my hair. Today I'm so proud of myself. Today I cook. Today, like, focus on the things that are that are good. Because not everything about you is not bad. And staying in the moment, too. I mean, yeah, Uh for me, it was like I'd wake up in the morning and I'd be like almost gold star, you got out of bed. Because there was weeks on end, Mm -hmm. three weeks at a time sometimes. I'd stay in bed. And when I started getting up in the morning, I literally felt like I should go out and buy gold stars and make myself a chart. Yay, you know, you got out of bed. Yay, you got something to eat. You know, yay, you changed your clothes. Right. Because right. those were so right. hard. The simplest, right. simplest things were so hard because my kids were in foster care, and I didn't have a reason to get up because I didn't value myself at that point, you know. And I didn't have nothing to live for, I felt. But the only thing that kept me going is I did not want to leave the legacy of my children having their mom die 
of suicide. And I seen so many people in the program where they got this deep hole from from a parent or a loved one yeah. or something, you know, that did die that way. Yeah. And and it, it, it just can never be filled. You know? Right. And I always remember that. I just you know, they say don't live don't live for somebody else, you've got to live for yourself or whatever. Well, if you can't you find something like your child to say, This this child's keeping me alive right now. <laughs> Because I got to be right. here for this child. Mm-hmm. You know? yep. That's right. You, you find strength That's in their eyes. You I find strength in their eyes. I said, if I die, these kids are going to be jacked up because I don't know who's going to take care of them. So I, I used to think like that, and actually that did right. help give me strength. But what happens to those people who may not have children who are feeling like that? Because, you know, some people, they're feeling like that, and they don't have children. Maybe they have right. a family member, a parent. Because I know I met someone um I was doing a table, and um, and somebody came up to me, and, and he gave me all these scenarios. They were real deep. And then I, he, he was like, how would you keep me alive? And I was like, well, you have so much to live for. He's like, no, I don't. I'm like, well, you know, you got family. He's like, I don't talk to them. I can't stand them. I said, well, you have this. And everything I said, he was like, nope, I can't. I don't even deal with them people. I don't even do that. I have nothing to live for. I said, what about you? You have children? He's like, my child died. I was like, Lord. I mean, everything that came out uh-huh. of his mouth, he had a block. Uh-huh. What yeah. do you say to somebody like that? I mean, I mean, my thing is, your story has power. I mean, your story can help save so many lives. You can become uh-huh. a peer support specialist. You can become yeah. an ambassador, like what we're doing here. You can become a radio host. You can share your testimony. It doesn't end where you are, even if you're your darkest place and you feel like nobody cares, there is hope, and you can be used to, to help others, to save other people's lives who are where you are. But, you right. know, what would you guys say to somebody who feels, like, hopeless like that? Because like, I've been hopeless. Well, I, I, mean, I want to make a comment about, about when I was um, wanting to die. Um, I would have people mm-hmm. that said, oh, you helped so many people, because I was helping people. I was doing all kinds of talking and speaking and writing and everything you know doing all kinds of stuff and but i still felt like i wanted to die and they're like oh you're helping so many people you can't leave don't you know don't leave and it really bothered me and i never figured out why Mm. until just recently Mm -hmm. and it was why couldn't they just say we don't want you to die you are valuable to me just as you are just the way you are i accept you just the way you are and that's value enough but you know, you've already succeeded by surviving child abuse, by surviving domestic abuse, by surviving whatever you survived. You know, that's enough. You are a human being and you deserve, you deserve to have a wonderful, fantastic life. You know, not because you do mm-hmm. something. You are a human being, not a human doing. And just the fact that you're here is enough. And and to find joy and whatever you can, that's the purpose of living. Not not what you could mm-hmm. do for other people, what you could do for you. You know, I believe that we're put on this earth to enjoy life. I was always taught that, you know, I wasn't worth anything unless I was helping somebody else. And my needs were always on the back burner. I'd run around in, you know, nothing, give my kids whatever I could and, and help all strangers before I do anything for myself. Because I felt guilty for doing anything for myself. But when people said, hey, you are a good person, you know, I didn't believe it. 
I went, yeah, but you don't really know me. That's kind of what was going on in my head, you know. But until I started believing that I was a good person and I was deserving and that it was enough that I am still here on this earth, that's enough. That's kind of the point, <laughs> you know, that I would like to say. That, that you don't have to go out and tell your story. You don't have to help other people because some people don't do that. Some people, you know, they they work in a restaurant and, and they serve food and they enjoy themselves, you know. And and that's good. That's good, too, <laughs> you know. And some people want to speak. Some people want to do radio shows. Some people want to write books. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has to, you know. Right. You have to find what's your thing, what you like, what you enjoy, yeah. and do that, what you enjoy, and do it for yep. yourself. And you're right, because I remember when I was dealing with depression, I started really hearing, helping, giving back as much mm-hmm. as I possibly could because they gave me a sense of purpose, right? But right. like you said, do you have purpose without giving and helping and serving and giving and doing for everybody else yep. and giving up your your just exhausted and, and triggered and, you know, overwhelmed and overworked and over everything. You don't have purpose if you're not living like that, giving, 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 giving. I don't think that's uh, that's just, that's true. I think that if you do enjoy it, though, uh, yeah. you should do it. But uh, well, what I do we should enforce is there something that you would like you would like to do or you would like to learn to do. You don't have to, I don't got no money to do what I want to do. I want to go to a trip to Hawaii. Well, what about what, you know, what can you do that you can, you know, say, do you have the internet? You know, yeah, I have the internet. Well, have you ever thought of doing any kind of art? You can Google any kind of art, not Google, whatever you do on YouTube. I don't know what that, what you call that YouTube it. <laughs> go on there and just look up, you know, um, um, how do I draw? You know, how do I draw a cat? Whatever. You know, but do mm-hmm. something that sounds interesting that you might be interested in doing. It doesn't have to be your life right. career. Just something to keep you busy for an hour or two. You know, just get through this moment. Yep. Yeah. Try something new. Good morning. Just staying in the moment is important, too. You know, staying in the moment. And like I was talking on the last show, um, um, in 2010, um, in January 2010, I was out in Houston, Texas, homeless. And I was out there, and uh, um, I was grateful for the five minutes I could find a building to stand behind to get out of the wood, to get out of the wind, because we had to walk around from 8 in the morning till 10 at night until we could get into the shelter, you know. And five minutes behind the building, but I couldn't stay there any longer than five minutes because I didn't even have a dollar in my pocket, and I was afraid I was going to get arrested for vagrancy if I stopped too long, you know. But I was grateful for that five minutes. And if we could stay in the moment, and like I said, sometimes you have to force yourself to find something to be grateful for. You know, I'm grateful that tree is growing out there, how beautiful it is. You know, how beautiful that tree is out in the middle of the winter that is still surviving. I mean, that has got to be some kind of higher power out there, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I sure didn't keep a tree growing in the winter. <laughs> right. So, you know, being grateful Huh? Because one, like you're laughing. Mm-hmm. You're laughing, but that's what it's about—is really finding that joy in the smallest things and the simplest things. And like you said, just something as simple as a tree, being grateful, yeah. and it, it starts with those small, simple things. You know that oh my God, I can open my eyes and I can enjoy the sun 
coming out through the clouds and, oh, how beautiful does it look? And there's all these things that we take for granted every yeah. day. And to find gratitude in those things is what began, mm-hmm. what helped me to begin the journey of my healing and my recovery yeah. and getting through my depression and, and, you know, this place where I just, you know, felt uh, such a such a failure. You know, um, mm-hmm. here I am again, single mom, just had a baby. You know, how did I end up doing the same mistakes again? And, you know, two disabled children, dealing with this on my own, nope, you know, and just feel like such a failure. And it's like that's how I started to started to yeah. heal because I started to give myself hope and started to give myself something forward, something positive to look forward to, something that well, it me sounds to. like It also sounds like you're talking about regret, too. And I bring this up a lot in meetings. I say, you know, a lot of people have regrets, but here's the thing. We made the decisions we did with the information we did at the time. I said, and I got all the wrong information and outright lied to. <laughs> and that's how I based, made my decisions, you know. Girl, and deceived, honey, deceived. Let's stop blaming ourselves. Just that's bottom line. Mm-hmm. We did what we could when we did. That's it, you know, that's what we did. We We did the best we could with what we had. And and today we have we have better hopefully, and if we don't, how can we get to a better place? You know, mm-hmm. right? And that's and that journey. That's so silent. Figure that out. Mm-hmm. Getting unstuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, and that's, that's part of the healing process. Is not yeah. to blame ourselves. When I was a kid, and my grandparents was living with them, and they drank every weekend, and it was craziness, and there was always this, you know turmoil and bickering and everything else, I would just get so upset that I would just run out of the house, run across the field, which was a schoolyard, and there was woods back there, and I would lay down right before the woods, and I would just look up in the sky and relax, walk into the woods, and i just sit out there for, I don't know, hours, and I would look down, and I would see like an acorn or a leaf or a feather or something. I'd pick it up and just hang on to it, and I felt like, you know, the universe just gave me something, something to hold on to. And I come back home, I used to do that and I would just <laughs> hang under that, you know. And, and it didn't cost mm-hmm. a thing. It wasn't like I went mm-hmm. out and bought a, you know, China spread, or you know what I mean, or a huge dollhouse, I guess. But probably what you'd think at the time. But that acorn meant right. so much to me that I found because I felt like it was put right there for me to for say, me. right, mm-hmm. this is for you. Right. And and I think we need to go back to that. We need to go back to what, you know, it doesn't have to be these big expensive things like a fancy trip to Hawaii. Go back to that, you know. For now, right? <laughs> but it's coming. Well, yeah, it's right. coming. Yeah, you can still you can still wish for that. You know, you can still hope and plan mm-hmm. and dream and all that kind of stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. But but when we we sit and we don't have realistic goals, you know. Like mm-hmm. my, my dream is to go to Graceland. Yeah, my goal is to go to Graceland. I'm putting a little bit of money away every month. Now I can do it because I'm in a different situation than I was a year ago, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's that's my dream, go to Graceland. <laughs> so I'm putting yeah, a little bit away every month. I don't know. Something to bring you hope, something that makes you feel yeah. at peace, something that whatever yep. that something is, is learning how to go to that in your mind, in your, right. you know, no matter where you are, like you said, you were in the middle of turmoil and you went to mm-hmm. that place 
and did that with an acorn and went to that peaceful place in your mind. And that is how we start to heal and start to really, number one, show gratitude. Because you were able to separate yourself from what was happening around you instead of feeling, getting gulped up in it and separate yourself from it and just say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go find solitude. I'm right. going to go find inner peace. And finding by by finding gratitude in an acorn, a free acorn on the ground. Yep. Yeah. That's, what, that's what I want people to know <laughs> is that we can yeah. begin these healing processes within ourselves, and it could be something so small. You know, like you said, today I get out of bed. I want to tell you something. I'm really grateful for today. I've been mm-hmm. wanting to get involved with this, this art group for people with disabilities, and I've been wanting to do it, and I've gotten art supplies and been through chaos, and it's all gotten packed, and I've had to move and started a project. It's all got to get packed. i got to move because I got kicked out of the last place I've been my 20th time homeless. I just got a house. My son got me a house. So now i got a place where I'm finally stable. I've never been stable my whole life. I feel better physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I have my whole life. So I went to this place last week, this artwork with a person that's going to meet with me every week to work on my art goals. And he told me about a gallery show that's coming up. He said, if I got some pieces in by this week, I can have up to three. Um, last week he told me on Wednesday, if I could have up to three to put in this gallery show and sell some of my artwork. And so anyway, in the last two and a half days, I made five pieces of art. <laughs> I made Wow. And I can put three yeah. in them, and I brought them in today. I brought them in today, and he put the hardware on them and helped me price them. And he's, they're out there, and they're ready to go when the show starts. It's starting, um, um, let's see, um, January 8th, and it's going into March. And it's a big show out here. It's for the Hennepin um, wow. Theater Trust. It's a big show they do. And, and uh, you know, he was telling me what I could put on prices, and it was like, what? <laughs> you know, I, I had so much fun doing it, I can't imagine that, you know, I'd pay somebody for hanging it in their living room, you know. I'm, I'm impressed, you know. And I'm so excited. And it's like, you know, this was something I could have never done. That is wonderful. You know, a year ago when I was living in assisted living, and they were trying to kick me out the door every day, you know. And weren't feeding me, and I was having to spend my $104 a month on going to the Dollar Tree and supplementing my food because they weren't feeding us what was on the menu because that's what they're getting paid for, but not feeding mm. us, you know. And screaming at me all the time about mm. my service animal. He's got a yard now to run. And I mean, I could have never imagined the life I have today. But it wasn't easy. My son mm. said he would, he would get a house so I could live in with my former husband, who, you know, because we're both having medical problems and mental health problems and stuff. And so we're kind of helping each other out, you know, and people go, Oh, you're back together. And I said, no, my son can't afford two houses. <laughs> you know, I finally just get to that with people. Like at the AA club, they know we're living mm-hmm. together. Oh, you're back together. Like, you know, is there any, does it have to be like, I either hate Max's husband or I love him. Is there nothing in between? Can't you guys comprehend it? So then I just say, forget it. My <laughs> son can't afford two houses. <laughs> but anyway, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, I can't tell you how many times I was going to grab my service dog under one arm when I knew my son was going to get a house. Grab my service dog under one arm, my suitcase in the other, and take off down the road. Because I know how to do that. I don't know how to do stable. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking about all the expectations my son's going to have of me keeping up a house and doing this. And, and I was overwhelming myself. I was ready to head down the road. Because, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't know what well, this was going to be. No, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I was just saying, well, you know, you're focused on enjoying the now and you're living in the now. And I think that's a beautiful place to be. Yeah, but it's not like I don't go to sit not working on the issues yeah. either, you know. But, you know, a lot of people think well, my life is just rosy now. There's still a lot happening. You went through a lot. But there's a lot of right. good happening, you know. And you went through a lot. Well, it's a process. It's a process. And that's what I want people right. to, to understand, too, that it's a healing process. And that takes, it could take years, it could take However long it takes, it's a process. Yeah, you know. Right. But and, I'm, and I'm, there I'm, is no timeline. There is no timeline. Like, well, you do therapy this long, well, and then you do this, and then you do that, and then you do that. You know, there's no guidebook. There's no, you know, my journey is not the same as your journey is not the same as your journey. You know, we all have our own journey, yeah. and hopefully, we can come together on these paths, like we are doing tonight. And don't share. be hard on yourself in your recovery process. Don't be hard on yourself. Surround That's yourself with love, people That's that surround yourself with love, people that encourage your healing. If if you're in a very when you're in a recovery process, like the early stages, you're very vulnerable, you're very sensitive, you're very delicate. So you have to protect your space. You have to surround yourself with, like you said, get a therapist, get a counselor, join support groups, uh, find art. I, I find a lot of healing through art. Um, some people get a pet, uh, some people, you know, uh, meditate, there you go, work out, they start Mm -hmm. to set goals, write a list of goals, write a a, a attainable, you know, Mm -hmm. go for a walk, write a, write, write a list of when, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say this, write a list of goals, but remember, you can make two lists, three lists, you can make a, a attainable goal, like, doing that laundry, fixing that closet, <laughs> and, you know, you might have some cabinets, little knobs that need to be fixed or something. Make, like, a little attainable goal list. Then make a list of, I got to call this place, I got to call that place, I got to book that doctor's appointment. Then set that big goal of, I want to go to this country, I want to go to that, you know, I want to get this car, I want to move out, I want to just start looking at homes, I want to work on my credit. You know, so you can just have a list of goals and just work on the easiest goals. And when you work on the easiest goal, you'll get, like, five things done in one day, and you'll feel so proud of yourself. When You know, when you, when you start making waves, headways, you feel good. It makes you feel good about yourself. So, you know, if you're yeah, talking to people and to like, be... putting you down, get away from those kind of people, please. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was going to day yeah, training, and they said they, they gave us a sheet mm-hmm. of paper which was like 10, 10 things we were going to do during the day, right? So the lady comes over and looks at my thing, and I've got, you know, my all filled out, and she looks at it, and she goes, there's 20 things on there. And I said, well, I wrote in the spaces. She says, yeah, but you're supposed to write. For number one, you're supposed to write one thing. <laughs> but I would write number one, a short thing, and then I would squeeze in one in between each one. <laughs> and she's like, you got to have them cross off half of them. Like, no, 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 i got to get all of them. 
<laughs> you know, and my one girlfriend said it's like you get a cup of sugar every day. Once you pour out that cup of sugar out a teaspoon every time you pour it out, when you run out of sugar, you don't get to borrow some from the next day. You only get a cup of sugar, you know. So figure out what, you know, how much energy do you really have. And But like you said, you do one thing, and then but give yourself credit for it, you know. Sit down and have a cup of coffee and say, you did a good job. You know, pat yourself See, on the I'm back. I'm going to take my hand and pat myself on the back and give myself a hug, too. <laughs> That's what I'm learning to do is to mm-hmm. give myself praise and to, you know, be proud of myself. And, and like you said, not to be so tough. You know, don't beat yourself up. Don't, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm learning to do that now. Yeah. I wasn't taught that. I was taught, you know, I wasn't taught that. No, I wasn't, you know, like I said, if we're, we got bad information. So to me it was reparenting, relearning, you know. And while I was parenting my kids and learning about parenting my kids, I was learning how to parenting my inner child at the same time. It's a big process. Yeah. It really is. It's a big, big process. process. Raising a child, right? Well, mm-hmm. look at all the years we got right. bad information, you know. Give ourselves at least that many years to get better information. <laughs> And learn different ways. Oops. What kind of holiday traditions do both of you have that that uh, that you enjoy doing that you're planning this year? Hmm. Personally, um, or new traditions? Could you hear me? Yeah, uh, could you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah. All right. So personally for me, I will say I'm a little bit tired of, <laughs> I don't want to sound like a little Grinch, but I'm kind of a little tired of the holidays right now. And I'm going to tell you, I feel like I haven't had a break. Every time I turn around, like right now, Valentine's Day is already out. Uh, Valentine's stuff is out. Uh, you know, it's just, I feel like I just had Christmas and Thanksgiving and it just keeps coming by so quick. And I think for people who have children and, you know, have, you know, to run the house and, you know, it's, I'm, I'm just exhausted. I've been taking it easy. I've been resting. I've been chilling. I don't even think I asked anybody what they want for Christmas. I'm probably just going to get gift cards or money or something. I'm not making myself crazy this year. I haven't even put up the tree yet. And I'm like, okay, I need to at least put up the tree. So, one of the positive things, instead of going into that I don't feel like doing anything, I do want to put up the tree because I do like the light. I like to see the mm-hmm. tree set up. I like to see the lights. I wish I would have done it earlier because normally I do it the day after Thanksgiving. But um, I had a busy Thanksgiving weekend, and it just didn't happen. But I like mm-hmm. to look at decorations. I like to look at the uh the tree the lights in the dark uh it kind of mellows me out and it just feels homey and i like that feeling so that's just i tell people as long as you get Uh, up by christmas morning by the time you get up as long as you get up by christmas morning you're okay and then one year i couldn't take it down because i was so depressed and i finally let somebody in my house Mm -hmm. in july and they go your christmas tree is still up 
And I go, it's the only thing that makes me happy. And they said, I have to go. I know people who really enjoy Christmas and they keep that tree up Mm -hmm. until the summer. I know a few Mm -hmm. people. They keep it in there. They're like, oh, I did a lot of work to Mm -hmm. put it up. I'm going to enjoy this tree, and I laugh. But, hey, yeah. who cares? You know, who? nobody really comes mm-hmm. over your house like that sometimes. I mean, if you like it and it looks pretty to you and you want to enjoy it, then keep it up for a little bit. Man, yeah. that's your business, as long as you're happy. Right. What do you do, Molly? Do you have a tradition or something that you do, Molly? Or what are you planning? I don't know if her phone is muted. I can't hear oh. her. I don't see the phone. Hello, oh, her microphone. She yeah. might be doing something. Yeah. Okay. And then um, the, yeah. I think the thing, too, is that we just, um, you know, um, a lot of times we pressure on ourselves because we think other people think we should be mm-hmm. doing something. But, you know, if it's the holidays and it's supposed to be a fun time, what is it that's going to make us happy? Is it going to make us happy running around buying presents and trying to figure out what, you know, or is it going to be much easier, like you said, mm-hmm. just get them a gift card? They'd rather go shopping anywhere than where whatever, whatever grandma's going to buy them, you know? <laughs> right. They can get someone something they want. I know they like doing art, my grandchild. So, you know, I'm going to give them a Hobby Lobby gift certificate, you know, or gift card, I guess, call it now. You speak gift certificates. You know, because right. then they get what they want, you know. Oh, yes. I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I agree with you. I am not going to make myself crazy running around. And yeah. plus, you know what the funny thing is? Maybe because I, I haven't even asked the kids, what, what do you want for Christmas? Because my kids are all, you know, getting, getting older. So I, it's not like, you know, those little baby gifts. I know my youngest is 14. I know as long as if he gets a video game, which he recently just got a video game, then, uh, you know, I'm sure that he would be happy with a video game. You know, there's some things that, you know, you see, uh, I was talking to one of my other friends. She has a small child, a little girl, and she said, hey, you know what? Last time she went to... um, was it, did she, I don't know if she went to Dollar Tree or Five Below. She just got a whole bunch. She made a little basket for Easter and got yeah. put her favorite chips in there, put her favorite this in there, put her favorite that in there, and she was in heaven. And I said, you know what? So we don't have to go crazy. I mean, it's not, what is the reason for the season, you know? Yeah. Some people celebrate it more for, their, for the religious reason of it. Yeah. Some celebrated yeah. for the spirit of it. Some celebrated mm-hmm. for the decorations and the feeling, mm-hmm. you know, of holidays. And you know, whatever your reason is, it doesn't have to be yeah. about. It's, it really should not be about. Mm-hmm. We're missing the mark. Mm-hmm. We're getting it. Uh, we're getting it confused if we're thinking that it's about the gifts and how expensive yeah. those gifts are. Just like Ms. Brett said earlier when we were talking to her, you know, as she started off the conversation sharing the stress that comes with the holidays, especially for families that don't have it right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I think another thing, too, that, that I like to do, too, is um, um, get some things for myself, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Buy myself yeah. some presents. I treat know? myself. I, I, saw this I treat thing. myself. Yeah, this one, That's right. This one meme that said, um, Dear Santa, I've been very, very good this year 
And then it crossed that That's out. Right. Said, Dear Santa, I've been very good. Cross that out. Dear Santa, I've been good. Cross that out. Dear Santa, never mind. I'll get my own presents. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, that's what I'm doing. I'm getting my own presents. Because <laughs> who, who else knows what I want but me, right? <laughs> right. And is that, it going to be that, you know, that bubble bath yeah. stuff that I like? Or is it going to be some tea or special coffee or even a special mug? You know, like I said, go to the Dollar Tree and I get some cutesy mug and it makes me so happy. I went to right. the Goodwill today, you know, and you won't believe what I found. Ooh. A reindeer outfit for a reindeer outfit for nine eight ninety nine, and plus I got twenty five percent off because I'm a senior. Because I'm a senior. <laughs> oh yeah, I love the purple. So I couldn't wait to get home and try that sucker on. <laughs> and I bought fun. a red nose at the Dollar Tree the other day, and I was like, "Are you walking around with a red nose?" And then I found that reindeer. So, so I'm heading up to the. I I got the thing. Oh, I put it awesome. on my arms and over my head. I didn't put on my legs because I want to take my boots off, you know. So I'm heading up to the <laughs> register. And there's four, four teenagers standing up there, and I, right. and I go, "They're they're checking out. And they're not paying no attention to me, you know." And so I said, "Hey, oh, I gotta yeah. ask you guys a question." They turn around, look at me, and they go. Hey, do you think if I'm wearing this and I go to my 12-year-old granddaughter's house, if they'd be really happy to see me? And they just started laughing. And I said, I guess mm. the answer is yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm buying it like that, you know. And I'm sure they probably imagined their grandmas, yeah. you know, <laughs> showing up right. in your costume. <laughs> so I think I made us a happy, happy day. We were in the store with listening, you know, because I'm not a quiet person. <laughs> Oh, yes. Look, and that's it. You see how building memories, being able to laugh and yeah. build memories, that's what it's about. I mean, that's what it should right. be about. Um, yeah. I just want to be surrounded by love, good memories, people that want to make good memories with me, and 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 I'm happy with that. Other than that, I'm okay. I like being in my house. I like being in my house. I like being in my in my bed in my room. Like I'm okay. I don't have to put myself like um, Ms. Brett was sharing earlier, um, and not just her. Other people have shared. Um, you know, sometimes they have a tough time with family during the holidays or with loved ones during the holidays. And I tell people, I'm like, just protect your peace, protect your energy, protect your peace. And focus on your recovery, focus on your healing. You already got enough going on, enough that you've overcome, enough fighting that you've had to do, enough surviving, you know, that you've had to do. You don't have to put up with anything that's hurtful, painful, and not um, right. bringing love if you're and, fam- and healing going you. to your family, a lot of people are real struggle with this, yeah. too. If going to your family is going to cause you pain, abuse, triggers, you know, trauma, mm. triggers, because it's still happening or whatever. No, no. Keep yourself safe. Keep yourself, you know, keep yourself healthy, yeah. mentally, physically, spiritually, mm-hmm. because you're the only one that can do it. Nobody else can, right. you know, nobody else knows what you need. You know what you need the best. You know, oh, yeah. you are the need. expert in the room. Yeah, you are your, your own yeah. expert. You know what you, you know what makes you feel good. You, you know, does what going for a walk hurt you too much? You know, you you right. know. 
you all of a sudden go, hey, this you is know, too far to walk, you know. <laughs> right. I'm not walking this far next right. time, but, but we seem to, you know, when something's physical, right. like I tell people, you know, like if somebody hits you, you know, and you get a black eye, you can go look in the mirror and go, look, I got a black eye. You may cover it up so nobody else can see it. But when there's emotional abuse, um, you can't walk in the mirror and look. You can't go to the doctor and they say, oh, you've got a broken bone. It, it's so internal. And, and it's a lot of work. And, uh, you know, we, we need to stop putting ourselves in these situations where people are continuing to abuse us. Again, we have choices today. We didn't have choices. Right. We're adults now. Yeah, you're right. And we have to learn but to advocate for ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have to I don't learn feel I ever to help. advocate for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What are you saying? Butterscotch. Uh-huh. What were you saying? Yeah, it's kind of discolored. And, um, Is that Bill? It's a hard thing. Yeah, I think he's talking in the background. Hey, Bill, what you saying? <laughs> I don't care. Christina, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, We're on air. <laughs> yeah, I'm on like, air. wait, is that Bill? <laughs> yeah. Bill, you're in the air. Okay. <laughs> I've been, I've been monitoring uh, the whole show. I haven't hey. noticed that. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Y'all did a great job. Uh, I was just to advocate. I didn't want anybody to oh. be upset. Yeah, thank you, you too, Bill, for 
Now, for you, sir. We appreciate it very, very much. For the platform. I wouldn't be worried about that. That's for sure. So, yeah, no. Uh, well, the last really what I was just saying was that it's important that as we continue walking in our recovery process and our recovery journey, that we really focus on learning how to advocate for ourselves, how to speak up, and how to say, hey, this doesn't feel safe. Hey, this doesn't feel comfortable. Hey, this is triggering to me. Um, I've heard people make comments and make fun of people who say that they felt triggered or they felt uh, attacked or they felt judged or they felt uncomfortable. But I, I, I normally applaud those people that are able to recognize their emotions and they're able to say, hey, I, I don't like how that feels. Hey, I don't feel safe. Hey, I don't feel welcome. Hey, I don't feel loved. Hey, you know, I, I feel triggered. And uh, yeah. you're able to express that and, uh, and mm-hmm. be honest with it. It's good that you can find somebody that you can express those feelings. And that's why we have the NASCA support yeah. group because, you know, we get to right. discuss, you know, what we're going through and what we're feeling, from the, you know, from our past abuse and stuff. And, and it brings into today. And, you know, it uh, can be very, very helpful. But like you said, to have somebody be able to speak, you know, I felt triggered when, you know, I saw a Christmas tree, like, for instance, it's still a, some people that are going to be, what, mm-hmm. you know, and and then you'll get to, you know, have a chance to, during your time to talk about why that triggered you, you know, where did that trigger come from, and you know what I mean, work through it with people that understand, and that, that's what we do in the support group, so, you know, to let people know again, it's Tuesday, uh, Thursdays, and Sunday, and you can find that information as well on the NASCA uh, website. And uh, it's a Zoom meeting, and you just—there's no code or nothing. There's just the, the meeting ID number, and you can use your um, uh, Facebook or Google account, or I don't know. There's different ways you could do it, but um, everybody's welcome. That's an adult survivor of child abuse. You know, we're all there for that. Yeah, I think that's so important to be able to have a safe space for people who can relate, people who understand. Yeah. Um, and you're not going to feel judged. Um, you know, if you have something on your mind, you want to get on, you want to listen, sometimes you don't have to speak, you know. If you don't feel comfortable speaking, you can just come in and listen. And I well, think sometimes when you're about listening, you don't, even, you don't even have to put your picture up there. You can put a picture of mm-hmm. a tree, and you don't even have to put your uh-huh. real name on there. You can put a screen name on there and right. even just it shows up as their phone, you know, so it might say, you know, velvet, whatever my phone is, velvet something, you know. And and <laughs> some people mm-hmm. call me velvet, who cares, I'm not talking or, you know, I don't got my picture up there. You know, I mean, there's there's options for people. They can just come and listen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a you have to talk or, you know, you can't come back. Or, and it's, it's a drop-in thing where, you know, it's not a you have to come every week or every day or whatever. It's It's a very open and very welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's also people, like, you can go on the on the NASCA website, that's NASCA.org, and there's people on there that you can call. You can reach out to You can uh, definitely, if you want to have a conversation offline, you can always reach out. You can email. You can yeah. uh, come on the show, tune in again. 
and we would love to have you. So just remember that you're not alone. You're not alone in this journey. Mm-hmm. You're walking alongside people who have been there and who are still walking in their own recovery journey. We're all still recovering mm-hmm. from something. We're not perfect. And we're able to, to be vulnerable and show our scars, hopefully to help you feel comfortable so that you know right. that you're not alone. Some people ask yes, me, are you important. cured? I says, I says, I'm not going to, um, have you recovered? That's what they said. I said, I'm not going to have recovered till I breathe my last breath. I'll still be recovering, you oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> and That's I breathe my thing. last breath. I mean, it's not like there's no, I don't have a day on the calendar. You know, I just, I'm just going to be growing and changing and everything until I'm gone, you know. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it's going to keep because getting better. Like rock forward, you know? mm-hmm. I just call things bumps in roads now, bumps in the road now, where it used right. to be. Recovery is a lifelong journey. It is. It is. And hopefully we can do it together. You know, have other and, people. And we are doing it together. And we are together yeah. for. And we are doing it together. Right. Well, we have people that, that have all levels of education, all types of different testimonies, all different mm-hmm. backgrounds specializing yeah. in this from their personal experiences. Mm-hmm. So just know that you're not alone. And thank you all for joining us. We had a wonderful night. Thank you. And uh, hope to have you guys join us again on the next show. Again, the phone number is 646-595-2118. The number for this show is 3068. Thank you. Remember, if you see something, say something. You are not alone. Thank you, guys. Good night. Good night. Wow.